This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. And this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. And today it's a special episode because we had... The big reveal, the official reveal, the big press event at MetLife Stadium. The eight XFL cities are now official. This is episode 45, officially official. Brian, I was there today at MetLife Stadium. I know you were taking notes watching the press conference. We've got a lot to recap. That's a strict recap edition we're going to go through today, man. Are you ready? Uh, you know what? I feel like I've been waiting 44 weeks for this moment right now, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Oh, yes, 44 weeks in the making. Here we are, eight cities, eight XFL towns, official, and also a few tidbits all uh, given away by Oliver Luck and Vince McMahon at today's press event. So let's run through what was said first, Brian. I know you took notes, man, so if you want to quarterback it, I'm going to catch you some touchdowns. <laughs> all right, uh, Alan. Well, it started with, uh, I believe it was the governor of New Jersey coming out pretty much hyping up New Jersey as a great town. So that's that's good on good on him. Uh, but then Vince McMahon makes state, his appearance. Great state, yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon makes his uh, first appearance in a while, I would say. I don't think he's been in front of an XFL camera since the announcement. I really can't think of another time. Um, it's really been all of, of, all of our luck up until this point. Uh, but basically, the one thing I got from Vince McMahon's, uh, and it was a brief statement, about two, three minutes, uh, financial commitment to the long term. With the XFL, I mean that's that's a, that's a huge statement to be making. Yeah, that that was the big thing Vince McMahon brought up. He it's a long term financial commitment um, for the success of the league, the sustained success of the league compared to 2001, obviously where there was a partnership involved and it all was kind of riding on two sides working together. This is all Vince McMahon's money, Alpha Entertainment. Uh, if you want to put it bluntly, Vince McMahon came out the start of this press event and he said, uh, it's not going to fail this time because I'm putting all my own money into this thing. I'm making sure it happens. So let's rock. Here's Oliver Luck. He's ready to go. And and that's what happened. And Oliver Luck came out and it's great because Vince McMahon has a legitimate football guy that he could put in charge of this whole thing. And Oliver Luck went out and I thought did a fantastic job. If you would have seen what that beast had to go through in terms of talking to people, taking questions. Oliver Luck is a madman when it comes to startups, and he's starting up a league here, and, and I'm, I'm just fascinated watching him do work as the commissioner. Yeah, you know, I, I, if you go back, uh, you know, listeners, and you and you go to YouTube slash XFL show, I believe I'm correct on that. Alan, yes, sir. Um, uh, Alan was, was very impressed that the man did not drink water, and the man I mean is uh, Oliver Luck. Uh, but you're right, uh, Alan. Vince McMahon is basically saying this is this isn't gonna fail. This is mine to keep, and, and we're gonna roll with it. Um, yeah, he did. He did. And get, I, I believe uh, reported two twenty three million more dollars of Vince McMahon's uh, money taken out from WWE stock and most likely put into the XFL this week. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's like tipping your waiter an extra dollar, I think, in his world. Who knows? <laughs> yes. uh, uh, February 8th and 9th, we do have confirmed starting weekends. This is the weekend after the Super Bowl in 2020. Uh, so that's pretty big because I believe that's going to coincide with the exact same timing as the AAF. So no no if debate it's around. on what, That's true. But no debate on what timing. Uh, I know some people were saying maybe he'd push it out to a little bit later in the spring. Uh, to avoid the AAF conflict, but he's going head on. He's he's going he's starting the Saturday and Sunday night wars, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's true. If, if the AAF is around then, then it, I guess the two leagues would be playing simultaneously as the NFL season ends with the Super Bowl officially February eighth and February 9th, twenty twenty. Uh, those are our dates. Week one of the XFL, uh, but we've got a very long preseason ahead of us, Bryant. Well, the whole 2019 is their preseason. Is basically what they were saying, and and you know what? Very, very few times in the history of Vince McMahon does he get trumped by somebody else in this press conference. But that's exactly what happened. Oliver Luck came out, and I would say he laid down the hammer. He laid down every single thing uh, that we yeah, wanted well, to hear. That's what Vince McMahon wants too, though. He he put Oliver Luck right there in the starring role of this event, and Oliver Luck went out there. I thought he hit a home run. He uh, introduced. Eight delegates, I guess you would call them, from the eight cities, uh, people that uh, bid on, on the XFL teams coming to their town. And uh, it, that was fun in and of itself. Who would you give the uh, the most hype to? Who are you most hyped about uh, listening to those? You know, I, I, I was talking to uh, one of our producers, Melissa, on the way back from the event. And it would have been nice to, you know, if each city had maybe a celebrity or someone you recognized <laughs> representing them. But they had people who, you know, who did the work and fought so that those stadiums and, and those cities could get the teams. And so they are the ones who deserve to go to the podiums. But which one impressed you? Obviously, uh, these, you know, credit to these people, but I don't really remember their names unless you wrote them down. I was busy recording audio and, and taking other notes, Brian, but uh, the St. Louis delegation, she was very, the, the America's Dome lady, amazing, I thought. She had me hyped for St. Louis getting football back. Uh, yeah, and you know, St. Louis, uh, we, we kind of got that last week from Frank Osmano, and unfortunately I didn't grab uh, their names. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and get all that, but uh, she seemed hyped. She seemed like she wanted, she even brought someone with her, I believe, right? That was the only person who brought two people with them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, St. She, Louis seems hungry. She had backup. <laughs> yeah, they were ready. They were ready. And, uh, you know, the Seattle guy came out and said they were going to win the championship. And uh, he had Dallas and Houston talking about how it's bigger in their town, no bigger in their town. So natural rivalries there. Uh, that was all fun. Uh, we did have a question. I believe it was on, I don't know, Twitter or Facebook, at XFL Show. Everybody, you know, social media, we're everywhere. Someone said, can we tell everybody the teams we're going to be rooting for personally? Uh, with the first eight XFL cities. And, Brian, I think you and I are the only two, at least, of us four that could come right out of the gates and say, uh, duh, L.A. We LA. were L.A. Extreme <laughs> fans back in the day. So we're not, I'm not taking away my allegiance, even though I'm not living in L.A. anymore. I'm L.A. all the way, baby. Stuff yeah. up center. I mean, unless they throw maybe a Memphis Express-type name at you, I don't see why <laughs> any other, any way you wouldn't cheer for L.A. I'm cheering That's for L.A. all name. the way. Um uh, Vince and Jake might have other ideas based on colors and, and whether they go pastel or, or bright, maybe is something what Jake would look at. But you're right, uh, L.A. all the way for me. I think something that was really interesting that uh, Oliver Luck did bring up when he started talking about the home cities was that he wasn't just looking for a, a building to rent, right? He said he even called that easy, saying we weren't just looking to come in to rent a building. That's easy. It's basically what he said. And um, his goal was to establish a spirit of true partnership with and build an organization and a year presence that makes these communities proud. So 
I think that's one of the differences from the year before is, or I'm sorry, the last time around is they're not just going in and finding buildings and playing them and them and, and calling it a day. They're, they're trying to get the community involved. They're trying to get people involved. I was watching my local news out here. They reported on the XFL coming to LA in 2020. So I, it's a different approach, I think, since last time. Yeah, it's not, you know, we're not just trying to fill a building during a time of the year where there's nothing going on there. This is, they want teams to be a part of a community, teams to uh, reflect what that community is all about. So what I'm hopeful for and what I was thinking a lot about and why I was asking Oliver, look, when we got the chance to ask questions about team presidents is I think the people put in those roles are so important because they're not going to be like traditional team presidents where maybe in the NFL they might have a hand in personnel and something on the field. I feel like XFL team presidents are very much going to be the budget conscious and marketing people for these cities and that's such an important role because that person is the person in charge of making sure the team connects with the with the community and while winning of course is the best way to connect with the community uh when you're a startup league winning isn't the only thing so it's going to take some innovation and i think the people put in those team president roles are very important but we were told by oliver luck that those roles are going to be filled probably after the coaches and GMs, because as we do know, Brian, it is all about the quality of the play. So that's what coaches and GMs, they're going to be one and the same, are all about. But the team president role, I think, is very, very important and uh, should be recognized as such. Well, you know what? The the XFL's success is going to be hindered on whether or not these teams make money, right? I mean, if if they can – uh, create profit if they can look appeasing to people then you're actually going to start wanting owners to actually buy these teams right so i think the team president's role is to make these teams appealing for i'm talking future down the line but someone to actually want to invest in these teams and want to put their own money into it because they see how much it's involving the community and different financial opportunities but you're right the president uh, of these teams is probably just going to be just as important maybe not on the field but definitely off the field yeah, and their biggest concern is going to be first and foremost, you know, meeting that budget and making that making the money that they are expected to be making for the league and for those teams. Oliver Luck said, someone you know brought up the question: you got soccer stadiums, you got big old MetLife Stadium. What's the goal? I mean, MetLife Stadium could get twenty thousand people, but it's going to look kind of empty, like a Jets or Giants game does nowadays, versus an MLS stadium like Audi Stadium at DC. What's the goal? And basically, universally, the number Oliver Luck brought up was 20,000 is kind of what they're trying to meet in terms of attendance. And uh, I think that'd be fine. I think MetLife could still rock, even if it's only 20,000 compared to the 70-something it fits. But that's the number the team presidents, most importantly, are going to be focusing on getting into those barns every single week come 2020. (laughs) Um, definitely. And, and, you know, some of these fields are already kind of fitted for that. You're talking about, um, Century Lake Field in Seattle, the Sounders play there, but they don't fill that stadium, but they do make it look presentable. Uh, they don't allow fans up to the top. They, they tarp them off. They do what they can. So it's very interesting. Um, uh, selection of some of these stadiums uh, the one thing that we did confirm that we did not have confirmation of last week was where they were going to play in houston uh, and that is going to be the home of the university of houston cougars uh, tdecu stadium uh, it's brand new it was built uh this um this millennium oh yeah and houston cougar football is making a push they're getting some good recruits and, and making it an exciting atmosphere and 
they're looking to add on to the atmosphere even when they're not playing. So that that made sense. New venue. Um, Houston and Dallas can't wait for that rivalry to develop. Uh, Dallas actually, I think, is the most interesting in terms of the venues. Globe Life, the renovated baseball stadium, uh, is going to have the retractable roof. Uh, they're the first tenant there. They're playing at the same time. The re- the Rangers are going to be getting ready, I so, guess, to play so whenever I, the season ends. I'm confused, Alan, because I don't. I, I think uh, here's the, here's here, and I'll bring this up real quick. I believe the XFL is going to be using the old Rangers Stadium. Meaning, Globe Life Park is 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 going to be vacated by the Rangers, and the Rangers are going to Globe Life Field. Globe Life Park is going to be renovated to fit a football field in there. So wait, so, so the I know the Rangers own both pretty much, right? So yes, the the Rangers are moving or or moving to a, a a field where they can actually have air conditioning during the, those hot Dallas summers. Correct. And this other and the other park is going to be renovated, and that's where our XFL Dallas is going to play. Correct, and I believe that's what they're saying. The the um, what's the word? The the first tenant of the newly re- renovated uh, Globe Life Park, Globe Life Field, is the new field. So I think that's well, what I, was, I, I, I well as long as they're you know keeping pe- people uh, you know in, involved in, in the community, the Dallas Metroplex, as they call it, and they're keeping them in those buildings with those crazy hot dog concoctions and nachos they do there. I think they're going to be okay because that's <laughs> some of the craziest ballpark menus you're ever going to see. <laughs> no, for sure. And, and hopefully the, the fans can distinguish between Globe Life Park and Globe Life Field and they're not showing up to the wrong events on, on the wrong days and things like that. Are you that. sure about that? I never knew they were two different places until uh, you just said that. Look, I'd be 100% honest. I don't know. But based on the research, I feel like I'm right. But I also don't know if I'm right. So also, I'm right I've, never, I've never, I've never, I've never been to a, a Texas Rangers game. To to be fully honest, have been to Jerry's World though. The XFL will not be playing there. Yeah, I mean the Cowboys shouldn't even play there. It's so big in there. It's how massive that place is. Should only be for big fights, if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> um, but you know what? The one thing too that I thought was, and, I'll, and before we move off of the home cities here, Alan is uh, the one statistic that I think Oliver Luck brought in was the fact that in these eight cities, they're hosting almost a quarter of a million. I'm sorry, a quarter of the nation's population in those eight cities. Uh, you know what? And he did mention the uh, <laughs> Vince, XFL is thinking big, and Vince loves to think big. So that's what that's what this is, right? I think that's the one thing we miss when picking our cities is big. That's all they want is big. And uh, yeah, we we were, yeah, we're 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 obviously not uh, big swingers like 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 Vince McMahon at the plate. Where we were thinking a little smaller when we were you know saying cities like Oklahoma City or Columbus, which would be fine, I think, and maybe somewhere down the road if there's expansion. Someone did ask Oliver Luck about expansion. He said we don't want to be presumptuous, but you know, never know. Maybe in a couple years, but. Yeah, to start, it's the way to go. I mean, now you're if you if you're always talking about exposure on television, digital, and you know, in terms of having games available to the most people to go to, uh, the XFL knocked it out of the park by choosing these eight cities, a quarter of the entire population. Right. I mean, you know, this this entire uh, press conference was based on the cities, right? And, and that's kind of what the meat and potatoes are. But he did bring up some other things, Alan, if you want to go through them real quick. And I have them written down here. Um, he did mention uh, four major areas that they are focusing on to make this game. I believe the word he used was a, 
uh, similar yet distinguishable at the same time, something along those lines. Um, and we'll yeah, so that's, that fine, that's that fine line, right, of uh, tweaking the game of football without adding gimmicks, is what, right. which is what the XFL is trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the first thing he brings up is speed. And what he said after that was shorter play clock, play clock <laughs> uh, technical innovation and modified officiating protocol now some of those the first one i understand <laughs> the other two are a little uh iffy in terms of maybe they're a little just vague in that sense okay so when with I'm, when I'm standing there at metlife stadium oliver luck's fielding these questions and he's he's killing it you know he's not even taking a sip of water answering every question and i had that one ready in the holster just didn't get it out modified officiating protocol what is that that can mean a lot of things. That that is that's extremely vague, but to me exciting language because I'm all about new officiating pro- protocol, especially if it means getting the damn call right. What does that mean to you? Does that mean maybe I don't know using more replay, having a, a, a supervisor of the officials who's watching from above, possibly? I've always thought that'd be a cool thing. If we're going to have replay, we should have one guy who's sitting there with the best seat in the house, right? I don't know. What do you think that means to you, Brian? Uh, modify. I mean, I, I, it just it has to be the way things are decided upon on the field, the way things are decided upon on the in the replay booth, things like that. I mean, I was you, you, you know what? I, I was it a couple episodes, ago, a couple shows ago. You had mentioned what we we're thankful for, and I said I was thankful for uh, instant replay. Um, I was watching, you know, some of the college football championship games this past weekend, and man, they they stopped that game for everything. Uh, it has yeah. to be right, and sometimes you, you know, sometimes you're looking at it like there's no reason to even stop that. You the know, worst. so it is pretty bad when you're stopping the games all the time. I think the NFL has a good rhythm to it, where you only allow coaches certain times, but things like that. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, man. This this can mean a lot of things, but you're right. It's an exciting statement that just means so much that we have no idea what it actually means. Yeah, that was that was the one the one sentence said during the uh, podium portion of the press event. My ears perked up, and I took that note as well. I said, modified officiating protocol. We could do like 90 shows on what that could be, what we want it to be, <laughs> and then what it is, and then reacting to what it is. I mean, I can't wait for more details to come out on that. Uh, the next thing he said was meaning, meaningful on-field action. And, and his statement based on that uh, little thing was, considering changes to rules governing punts, punt returns, kickoffs, extra points, and play clock. Again, something that's probably um, geared towards speed, geared towards uh, making this a safe game, something he brought up too very significantly. Um, but again, you know, what kind of changes are they going to bring to these? Because it doesn't seem like they want to get rid of them. I think he's even said that we want to keep the foot in football. But uh, what is yeah, and a lot of, exciting, right? Yeah, and a lot of kickoff uh, adjustments are, have been made already in the NFL, and maybe the XFL takes some of what they're doing and, and goes – beyond but i i want to know did you see the twitter video of the xfl working with the uh, national junior college athletic association down in mississippi did you see uh, any of those i did see very short videos very short videos like a 15 the one i saw was a 15 maybe 20 second video of somebody in a in an office with a computer i think that's the one i saw yeah well there's also one of a kickoff i think and i think they're working with last chance you mississippi gulf coast community college i believe Uh, if you check that netflix uh uh, show out um and there was a kickoff and i was tr- trying to make out what's different from it and it looked like there was uh, just a, a lot of 
a lot more guys down at the one kept where that ball was being caught, and I, it looked like a, a wedge right in front of them, right in front of the runner. I couldn't make out exactly how it looked different from a normal kickoff because they didn't even show it. I think from the kick, but I'm so interested in what's going on with those. Right, they're basically guinea pigging with the NJCAA or NJAA, um, and the, the XFL is already kind of working on the field reimagining the game while this press event was going on that's really interesting i almost i mean this press event was super fun i mean i got a i got bags full of swag too man wait we're gonna put it on youtube uh xfl show on youtube everyone you could see what they were giving away in their xfl shops it's like uh, on and popping now they got cities t-shirts and, and hats and stuff you could get i saw some of our listeners have already copped but um i was there with my bag of swag thinking this is great but I kind of want to be down in Mississippi on the field where they're doing crazy football experiments right now. <laughs> Doug Whaley and the crew. Uh, it was it was unimaginable, right? They're they're out there just like you know, hey, let's 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 test out this guys and let's test out that, and they're just having the players go out there and actually doing some physical um, analysis, which mind it's almost mind boggling to to the sense that they're actually taking the time to do all these things it's so different than what was going on before and i keep saying that but and, and you know what it might even be different than what some of the leagues are doing now even the nfl the nfl doesn't really test out some of their new um ideas new strategies of what's a catch what's not things like that they just kind of look at what they have and and make a call so the xfl's taking that extra step and seeing if what they're proposing actually still looks like football and actually still keeps the competitive advantage even. And the advantage they have is that they can, you know, actually experiment with it without kind of sullying their own league. They're doing it with the NJCAA, right? Uh, Oliver Luck said that the spring league, which Johnny Manziel played down in Texas last spring, and uh, that'll be back. They're going to partner up with the XFL and maybe do some of these uh, game tweaks. So there's going to be that moment where Doug Whaley or Oliver Luck, maybe both of them are going to be at one of those games and figure things out. And it's alive! It's alive! That Frankenstein moment where uh, a, a new creature, a new football is actually uh, figured out on the field at one of these experimental type of situations. So keeping our eyes on that for everybody. And uh, the XFL's given us little sneak peeks, but I don't know. I might have to... They said they're going to do one in Texas in the spring. I think, Brian, I'm going to have to schedule myself a trip to Austin sometime in the spring for that spring league if that's going down. Oh, I hear I hear Austin's beautiful in the spring, so that's that's you're you're in for a treat there, I'm sure. Oh, Frank Franklin Barbecue, you cannot go wrong. <laughs> Shout out to Franklin. All right, the other thing he did bring up uh, number three is in-game rhythm and in-game flow. Uh, and he, the statement after that was lim- limiting gameplay timeouts and TV timeouts and simplifying the rules so that there are fewer interruptions. Alan, we've kind of been saying this as well, where they're going to make the money if they're not going to have TV timeouts. But fewer interruptions, if you want to get that game under three hours every time, that's the way to go. I just don't see how they're going to make money then. Yeah, well, you soccer does it, right? you got in continuous halves, so there's ways to do it. There's a lot of room on those screens, especially these big 4K 70, 80-inchers. Uh, you could put a big logo all over the place. <laughs> um, what I was interested in was the uh, fewer timeouts, maybe? What do we go down to two? He says li- limiting gameplay timeouts. That's, that's all. And you know what I, what I thought of and something that maybe, you know, for for timeouts is instead of giving three per half, why don't you give four for the game, 
right? So that way, if somebody's using them in the first half, well, you know what? You're not going to have them in the second half if you if you keep using them. So that might be a way to limit because you're still getting, you know, in any given football game, you could have a total of 12 timeouts. I mean, that's that's, that's a lot of timeout for, for I mean, a football game. It's, it's a great thing to have a great tool, but really the timeout is kind of unnatural when you think about it. I know if Jake were here, were here, his head would probably be spinning. But you know, this 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 we live in reality. You can't magically stop time. I, I mean, I'm not unless you're like some Marvel character that probably could do that. But uh, timeouts, I want to be opposed to them. Just get rid of them. Oh, well, maybe that, and, and that might be a way to do it too. And football fans, uh, we want to take a quick break and, and apologize. I know, Alan, you're, you're trying your best over there, man, but you had to stop at some farm on the way back. It's been a long day for you. I know you're just stuck in the middle of somewhere right now. So it's, oh, it's, yeah, a, little, I was, it's a little noisy. I, w- <laughs> I, went from the, I went from the big city, and if you're hearing cows moo, yeah, that's right. I, I stopped <laughs> off at the, far, the family farm uh, to record this special recap podcast. The traditional great-sounding show <laughs> is definitely going to be dropping football Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and then the last one, Alan, that he brings up, player safety. And I think that's something that, that was known from the beginning, right? And, and Jake would be spinning his head on this one specifically too, probably. Uh, extensive health and wellness program based on the input from accomplished from an accomplished medical board. Excuse me. Um, and then real quick down the line too, he also said that the XFL will test for performance-enhancing drugs as well. Uh, any surprise there? Any, any shocker that they're actually going to focus on that? Absolutely not. And it's uh, great to hear that the uh, XFL is taking all that stuff seriously. Uh, I was all for that. Uh, Oliver Luck also kind of name dropped, I think, right, the uh, institutions that would be uh, dealing with the drug testing, but also like the the risk management and the uh, health insurance as well. So uh, the XFL is really crossing the T's and dotting the I's when it comes to player safety and uh, keeping, you know, the games fair when it comes to the players' uh, performance on the field and uh, well, how they enhance it uh, naturally or, you know, the Jose Canseco way. Uh, the two uh, the two groups I believe you're talking about, Alan, were the Berkeley group and the Fairley group, I think is what he called those two. I, 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 went to, I meant to spell check those to make sure I had them right, but I believe that's what you're talking about, uh, two companies that are – uh, that are ensuring and making sure the safety of of players is number one, I guess, uh, in the sports community. So, yeah, I mean, most of us haven't heard of them, uh, those groups. But Oliver, Luck, I looked them up after Oliver Luck mentioned them. They are very respected in those uh, in, in those uh, areas in those fields. Uh, if you would have asked me before the press conference today, Bryant Berkeley Group, Fairly Group, who are they? I said, oh, those are the underground uh you know illuminati people or, or but they're not they're institutions of uh, risk management and health insurers oh man well uh you know Alan, i know we wanted to make this short and sweet but there was just so much to talk about there's a couple more things lots to recap to uh a couple of things real real quick hits on these uh family friendly and affordable uh, that's going to be important. I think that's something the AAF also approached. So that's going to be important. Um, I was looking. Yeah, back get your at season a... tickets now before they <laughs> the prices go up because yeah, the demand might be there. But yeah, they might be really affordable for the any kind of family to go to an entire season of football. It's I mean it's unheard of. Definitely, and then also mentioning a state of the art XFL app. And uh, you know what? What's great about this and something I'll, I'll I'll throw in here too is that he was awarded the gift of time from Vince. Um, that's going to allow things like the XFL app to go without bugs, right? It's going to allow it to actually be something that's useful 
and and meaningful because you know in the technological world you know even when an iphone comes out there's bugs right and that's iphone so when you release something called the xfl app you're going to have problems you don't want to launch that a couple weeks before you're actually going to launch the season so it's going to give them some time to actually develop something that's really um state-of-the-art and really sustainable over time and that's the one area that i feel like the aaf might have an advantage because they have so many tech investors and they're focusing so much on that. We haven't seen that app yet, but I'm expecting big things. As for the XFL, we don't know who's making that thing or who's behind it. But if it is going to get the you know same treatment that the WWE has when it comes to that, uh, then they should be all right because they're working with MLB AM and MLB Advanced Media. If you don't know them, the MLB, they're pioneers not only in just you know baseball being distributed uh, you know, on a phone or a tablet or the computer, but you know, they will now work the NHL enlisted them, the WWE enlists them because they're that damn good. So if I'm the XFL, that's what that I'm going to those people and let's do it because that's kind of the standard right now in terms of sports, uh, on mobile devices. Sorry, Alan, I was, I was talking for 29 minutes and I needed water, so kudos to Oliver Luck for sure. <laughs> Man, you're not even close to Oliver Luck. <laughs> uh, another thing, too, that he has said is uh, Oliver Luck said that the XFL is already involving with talking to the player-agent community. I think that's huge because you want to get to these players, you got to go through their agents. And if you can talk to their agents tell them, hey, let's come to the XFL and let's not go to that other league. Yeah, and also it's it's hey your client's contracts coming up in the NFL and they're probably not going to end up paying him anymore. It's maybe he's in the twilight or near in the twilight, and uh, he's reached his pinnacle. Maybe they take a chance and make three hundred thousand for sure in the XFL. Uh, just let them know we're going to be there in twenty twenty. There are a lot of NFL players like that that are going to be hitting their you know early to mid thirties that. I mean, I would. Did you see that ninety-something yard run by Adrian Peterson the other day? Yes, I did. I mean, NFL teams are probably recognizing that they, they should still be signing him, but by twenty twenty, maybe not. And I could totally. I'll tell you this right now: if he's not on an NFL team, all day will be in the XFL. Well, you know what? You even bring up another player on that team that was out of football uh, up until a week ago, and that's uh, was it. Mark Sanchez, I believe. Mark Sanchez was out of football. Uh, and players like that, you know, it takes 14 weeks for them to actually get a job in the NFL. They could be chilling in the XFL, already done with the season in that amount of time. So there's going to be players out there with name recognition that that definitely just want a paycheck, a steady one at that. So yeah, I mean, there'll be plenty. I don't know who wants to see Mark Sanchez play as much anymore. I mean, it's funny to reminisce about the butt fumble, but I could see him <laughs> being the L.A. quarterback. I mean, what, Michigan's Viejo legend, so... USC guy, you know, totally it, things like that. I think are are, are going to be key for the for the XFL and the way to get to that is through their through their. Uh, but not but not coaches, agents. Brian. Not coaches because uh, Oliver Luck was asked actually uh, during his uh, session with the media, uh, and they asked him, "Coaches, are they going to be kind of picked based on location at all?" He said, "Really, not a major factor at all. I mean, that would be nice, but." It's all about picking guys who are ready to rock and roll when it comes to coaching on the field and putting teams together as a general manager. So if you're expecting someone with Southern California ties to be the L.A. coach, that's not necessarily going to be the case. Well, that was a bubble bursted by Allen right there. Um, 
<laughs> but he did also mention that uh, quarterbacks and other impact players are going to be signed in Q1 of 2019. Uh, you mentioned that and you wanted to get the wording uh, correct in your video that you posted on YouTube. But yeah, quarterbacks and other impact players. They're going to try to lock you down players. early. Yeah, impact yeah players. I think so. The big names in the league are going to be picked early. And, you you know, on the YouTube video I did, uh, how'd you like that YouTube live session I did, that quick mini recap of the press conference? Brian, should we do more of those? I definitely think, definitely think you should. I mean, it, it came off well. Appreciate you pulling over. You know, I believe like 40 out of the 50 states, it's illegal to use your phone while you're driving. So kudos <laughs> to, to actually pulling over and doing that. Well, of course, I had to abide by the law, but... Um, yeah, in that live video, I mentioned that impact players. And what do you think about what I said, though? Uh, the fact that the best players and maybe the biggest names are going to be picked early on so that they can, you know, assist in promoting the league for mm-hmm. almost an entire calendar year. That's exactly what I got out of that, too. They want faces, right? They, they need someone to be recognizable. Uh, and players are your are your most valuable asset. They're, they're going to be the ones selling this product more than anyone. Um, and... Uh, you want to get those locked up before it gets too late. Before other leagues sweep up, on, you know, swoop them up, and 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 definitely, uh, you're gonna need that for the entirety of 2019. And there are a handful of guys you could think of off the top of your head that we just can't get into right now that that aren't in the NFL or maybe won't be in the NFL next year that have name recognition that the XFL could get in quarter one of 2019, but. We'll save that for another episode because we know the other guys are going to want to be involved in that discussion. Uh, other thing, too, that he mentioned, he did bring up gambling a little bit. Uh, wants to make sure that there's a legal and safe way to participate. Um, but he's also hoping that because timing is on their side, that by uh, 2020 there will be more states that actually have legalized gambling and uh, it will be to their advantage. So Yeah, we want we want people to gamble without fear of baseball bats to knees. The, the more gambling with the fewer baseball bats to kneecaps, the better. And that's going to happen more and more in America as the next few years uh, go by. It, it's a great time to be a sports fan in the United States because we're finally woke to sports betting and the XFL is going to be a part of it. Well, the last thing I'll bring up, Alan, and... and... It's it's been a, a crazy day for you, so I appreciate you coming on here and, and actually you know getting th- fighting through all this. But uh, the one thing that we're going to bring up now is TV partners. Uh, didn't mention anything specific in terms of who or what or when we're going to hear anything, but he did say very excited about the meaningful and deep conversations we have had with all of the major media players about our distribution plans. Confident that our games will be available on all media platforms. So that was the only thing that kind of was like felt like fluff to me. In this entire con, you know, um, conference, was that it just seemed like he yes. might have had something, but really, we don't have anything right now to give you guys. Well, because they're in negotiations, obviously, right? They they don't want you don't want to tip your hand, and you don't want to uh, maybe make one cup one uh, distributor or channel or whatever, what have you, think they're uh, having an upper hand on another. So that was smart of Oliver Luck, but I will tell you, as someone who was there and eh, eavesdropping, I'll admit it, I listened to some conversations that were nearby and heard some things and heard the word, the letters NBC executive being introduced. And, um, you know, there were multiple, multiple channels represented at this press conference. Uh, they weren't really introduced 
to the public, but I noticed them there. You had members of local and national media. I'd say the majority of the people at this press event were probably from the cities that were there, the delegates of the cities that were invited. So it was really a celebration for them. That was ultimately what this was all about. But uh, NBC executives were there. And like I've been saying, that makes the most sense to me, Brian, because Vince McMahon has one hell of a relationship with them. And there are so many different ways with that particular entity that the XFL can be exposed the way they want to be exposed. And it just makes sense. But you never know. There's always Fox. There's always Amazon. Everybody wants a piece of live sports these days because that is what's going to get people to watch. And this is the biggest word on TV now, live. And that's what the XFL is going to bring in 2020 that is so valuable compared to 2001. That is the number one difference. Live sports content is so much more valuable these days than it was back in the first XFL. Well, you know, uh, do you think Oliver Luck was strategic enough to throw in the words like meaningful and deep conversations just in case like the Fox execs, execs think, wait, we haven't really had that meaningful and deep conversations. We need to talk to this guy again or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, our, meeting, our meeting was 10 minutes. What do you mean meaningful and deep? What are they doing over there with NBC? It's, it's all a part of the game, man. It's all oh, the game. Man. He, Beautiful. Mr. McMahon might have found the most, the smartest man uh, in in football world, in, in Oliver Luck, and, and Oliver Luck finished in there. In sports startups, though, I mean, think about it. Oliver Luck helped start up the MLS. He started up NFL Europe, and now he's starting up the XFL. This is what he does, man. And uh, I could only imagine what it's like every day. I mean, it's a grind, but that guy's got to be having the most fun in the world, especially when you're talking about football junkies. And Vince McMahon said it. He thinks Oliver Luck loves football more than anyone he's ever met. And uh, going to that event today, I, I watched the man sit there for two hours on his feet, no water, talking football with strangers. He loves football. Well, he did finish the uh, the entire press conference with, uh, the XFL is being built for the fans, and it's built to last. So, uh, you know what? I, I don't know what else to say after that. It was it was a heck of a day. I'm jealous that you got to go there really quick. And most importantly, can you tell us what, how lunch was lunch good? Lunch, lunch was good. Oh, just a variety of sandwiches, uh, whatever you want. They even had wraps if you're for the health conscious. In fact, uh, you know what? I didn't want to feel. I didn't feel like eating carbs today, so I, you know, I grabbed my wrap. I grabbed a sandwich, uh, handed the bread off to someone else, and I just ate. It was delicious. They had cookies, <laughs> brownies. Oh, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Every kind of drink you needed. They really uh, accommodated everybody for lunch after a very fun event and. Uh, it was really, like I said, a celebration for those cities. Those people were having a great time. Uh, they got jerseys, I saw, for each, with the city names on each of them. The representatives took a picture with Oliver Luck. Uh, I got my swag bag. And, hey, everybody, if, even if you weren't there, if you want to relive it and, and get a piece of what it was like to be at that press event, we're going to do an unboxing of that swag bag for you on our YouTube channels. So look out for that. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At XFL Show, and of course the website. This is the XFL Show dot com. Well, Alan, uh, that is that. That is that, sir. I, I don't know what more we could say. I think this weekend we're going to have definitely some more input from the other guys, Jake, Vince, maybe both. Um, but you know what? I, I am worried that we are going to hit a little bit of a lull when it comes to news for the next couple of weeks. I think we're going into that Christmas break. But you know what? We got plenty to digest over the next few weeks until the to the year to the new year. So. 
uh, sit back, man. We're just getting started. This is we're, we got a whole year of this to go through, it, and, and it's going to be week after week, constant, constant um, news and, and information. Yeah, I mean, the, the news is going to be coming in quarter one of 2019, Brian. But I mean, come on, modified referee protocol <laughs> that could take us through Christmas weeks easily. But we got a lot of super jumbo episodes to come. Uh, like the XFL said, they're built to last. So are we because we're covering it till the break of break of dawn for everybody out there, all the football fans. So for Bryant, I'm Alan. Everybody, thank you for listening to this special bonus episode of This is the XFL Show. We will be back football Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern, with at our normal normally scheduled time with the full roster to talk XFL football. A tremendous week. The eight cities have been revealed, and we're going to have to break them all down. We've got a lot of work to do. Until then, thanks for listening. This is the XFL Show.